you can join us up here or out. So I don't have to rely on the microphone. I'm a, you didn't know me, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, a lousy microphone user. I use it for waiver, I never use it for microphone. Anyways, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Good to see you again here, and uh, thank you for having me. Uh, I figured, I figured, uh, when, when Aki asked me to come and speak, I figured, I, how often do I see you? Maybe like, I don't know, every now two years or something. So I said, well, let's pick a topic that is really, really key. Abuna. So I said, like, maybe it's like, it's very sporadic, very long time between when I see you. So we pick a topic that more or less, uh, I would say, needed, much needed, and hopefully we can all remember uh, what we're going to uh, uh, discuss and keep it for our own, if you want, daily use, daily reminder. So one of these things that come to mind is, I know most all of you are professionals. You are in the workforce. You go to work. You're busy, like everybody else. Like when I was your age, younger, older, I was very busy doing so many different things. And uh, as such, I said, so what would be a good topic that will probably yeah, will probably uh, give us something that we could hang on to, to something we could use. So this tuning in with God, or what we, using layman language, we call quiet time. Quiet time is not that quite good. It's, it's tuning in with God, and how important that is. So this is something we would like to, hopefully we can cover quickly and open up for discussion if that's if we're, we have a chance to do that. So most of us have busy life, and some of us are maybe keen on having some solitude and some time with God in the morning before we launch on to do our daily activities. And some are so busy, they gotta get going. They got to hit the road, uh, go to online meetings, physical meetings, all sorts of things. Some people have maybe families, children, whatever else like that. So. Uh, we, we, we're busy, always have, and always will. So, uh, why do you need to tune in uh, to God? Any, anyone that's familiar with uh, this book, uh, Good to Great, Jim Collins? Jim Collins, Good to Great. It's one of those, they call it the red, Good to Great, Jim Collins. It's one of those recent management books, heavy duty management, big corporations. As a matter of fact, they use this red book, they call it the red book, for, for like their new approach. It's a completely different revamp of business mindset. How so? Jim Collins' theory, this big, big hitter, his book, Good to Great, which is incorporated by big, big corporations in the world, uh, essentially to help them make leaps as opposed to just grow in steps, which it, it has proven to be working. So what's the whole idea? The whole idea is going completely the opposite direction from how businesses were managing the business. Meaning, when businesses want to launch a business, they figure out, okay, so what do we want to do? First is the what. What do we want to do? Oh, we want to sell cars. We want to uh, work on like telecom. 
we want to do, I don't know, uh, human resources, whatever the case may be. And this is the, something that they're good at, and this is something they get on to do, and they start to establish the resourcing accordingly. They start, which is very logical. Figure out what you're good at first, then start to build your corporation, all the, all the infrastructure, including your human resources. This book introduces a completely different approach. What this book is saying, go fish for talent. Bring talent. Get, get on board, they use the bus, bus, get on board of the bus. They use the bus as kind of the, the theme. So they are on a bus, and they don't care where they're going with the bus. They don't care where the bus is heading. So long as they bring on board key people, talented people, sharp people, bring them on board, then with them figure out what you want to do. Today we want to do this, tomorrow we want to do that. You have the right people, you can do anything. That's the kind of that in a nutshell. Very unorthodox way of running business. But this book proved to be very, very successful tool that big, big, big top-notch corporations are incorporating and they're teaching their management to start to think about that reverse logic. Bring talent, then decide what you want to do. You're going to be successful. Main thing is the brains that you bring in, the talent you're to bring in. And then, why am I saying this? Tuning in with God. Who is the best we can bring on board every day? And then we, we, we can go ahead and do whatever it is that we want to do, and we know it's going to work. We know it's going to be success. We know we're not going to fall on our face. If this book holds true for businesses, for earth, for corporations, for money, for whatever, what we want to learn today is something very fundamental. It goes against the logic. I promise you, I was your age and, and, uh, and, and younger and older. And yes, it's so difficult to fathom that you're gonna utilize the best, the best, 15, 20, 30 minutes of the day, of the morning, where you are scrambling to do important things, including commuting to work or taking your kids to school or else or other, other things. And you are going to really have a quiet time. Like, you're going to go in a corner and sit with God and spend that precious time, just quiet time. It doesn't sit well with anyone. If you go ask your colleagues at work, your friends in school, okay, guys, this is what they're going to laugh. They're going to you're, 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 like, you're, you're doing that. Yeah, you can have good time, you can have time with God, like, sporadically during the day, which is also good. In the end of the day, which is also brilliant. But nothing, nothing beats, nothing beats. Quiet time with God in the morning. I promise you, based on, trust this red, gray hair right here, gray hair, trust this gray hair, I promise you. It is the panacea for successful day. When you start to, 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 work, to use it, when you start to get used to it, you will soon, very soon find out that when you don't do it, it's bound to go wrong. If not externally, it's internally. You are disoriented, you are scrambling, you are sluggish, you are hesitant, 
you are not yourself. I promise you. Because we have tried the, dif the difference. The difference is when we launch on board with God, when we engage with God in the morning first thing, and we give Him the best fruits of the day. Say, God, I cannot move out of this room without making sure I had the time with you. I had the directions from you. I have the green light from you. I, know, I, I learned something. I heard you. I heard you. I know what you want me to set out to do today. I know what you want me to engage with today. And I know what to do. You gave me the message. Without this, we're not going to get the message. We are going to continue be, to be who we are. It's on and off. It's rise and fall. It is always, always challenging. That's kind of the nutshell what we want to talk about. And, but again, with anything like spiritual, if we do not try it based on faith, we're not going to get a taste of it. Because this is how spirituality works. This is how faith works. Faith is me meaning something illogical, but you're going to trust God on it. You're going to do it. And when you go to try it, it works and feels good and it feels sure. It fulfills the internal needs and the external needs. And therefore, you want to try it again. We're going to do it again. You want to do it again. And all of a sudden, people say, oh, so what's the logic? You say, who cares about the logic? I, I have experience. And this is what's called faith, is experience based on trusting God, even when things appear to be illogical, right? Uh, Way back, I found this. Uh, it's this picture here. I know you can't see or read or anything, but essentially, it is the face of the earth, mountains and hills and, and everything else. And then up on top, it says, "Put yourself in my hands and watch." Trust me. I put this as my screensaver when we used to have screensavers for the computers. I'm not sure if we have them now, but we used to as a screensaver because every morning I see it and it just sits right with me. Put yourself in my hands today and watch. Give me yourself today and watch. Watch what I'm going to do with you, what I'm going to do for you, right? I will read you part of Psalm 143 and I'm going to read and hopefully we can pray it as we read it. Uh, David the prophet is saying, I remember the days of old. I meditate on all your works. That's when he grew, when, when King David was old. So he's saying, I remember the days of old, and I meditate on your works. I muse on the work of your hands. I spread out my hands to you. My soul longs for you like thirsty land. Answer me speedily, O Lord. My spirit fails. Do not hide your face from me, lest I be like those who go down to the pit. Cause me to hear your loving kindness in the morning. Again, cause me to hear your loving kindness in the morning. For in you I trust. Cause me to know the way which I should walk today. For I lift up my soul to you. That's a prayer of a king, a prophet and a king with all years of experience. He's tried it all. 
He's got a big family. He's got a big kingdom. He's won wars. He's, he's been running as a fugitive from, from, from another king. He's, he's, he's been, he went through it all. And that's kind of the juice of his life. He's saying, I remember the days of old. And this is the formula that ever worked for me. That's King David. And hopefully it will be you and me. Let's take a day in the life of Lord Jesus. A day. We can, we can read the New Testament from this side to this side. And there's a lot of things we're going to learn about Lord Jesus in his own lifestyle, which is beautiful. But I'll just give you one day. Luke 6 and 7 describes one day. Let's see. Luke 6. Now it came to pass in those days that he, with a capital H, Lord Jesus, went out to the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. That's getting ready for another day. Lord Jesus, the Son of God. And when it was day, he called his disciples to himself. So the first thing he, after he spent, the, 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 he spent his, his, his time with God, Lord Jesus went about doing the first thing for that day, which happens to be assigning or, or uh, 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 naming the apostles, the disciples. And he came down with them, who he called apostles. And he came down with them and stood on a level place with a crowd. So the first thing he appointed the, the disciples that day. No, not the first thing, the second thing. What was the first thing? What did he do the first thing in the morning, Lord Jesus? Actually, all night until first thing in the morning. What did he do? Before he launched into the day? Huh? Spend time with? With God? Did anybody say God? Yeah. Spend the time with God. And then he appointed the disciples. And then he went down and stood in a level place with his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea. Now he started to entertain a big, big crowd. And they came to him from the seashore of Tyre and Sidon, who came to hear him and be healed of their disease. And the whole multitude sought to touch him for power went out from him and healed them all. He spent this whole day now with the crowds. In this, the, the, the first activity of the crowd is healing. Is healing. Okay? Then what happened after? Then he lifted up his eyes towards the disciples and said, Blessed are you poor, for theirs is the kingdom of God. The famous Sermon on the Mountain. So, first thing, praying. Second is assigning the disciples. And we can, we can imagine how, how long each activity took. The third thing is uh, he healed all the multitudes of crowds that came from different, different places on the map. And then the fourth thing, he is now going to deliver the famous Sermon on the Mount. He's given a sermon. When it's all done, when, and when he had concluded his sayings, in the hearing of the people, he entered Capernaum. Now he went from this place, he went to another town or village called Capernaum. And a certain centurion servant was dear to him, was sick and ready to die. So when he had heard about Jesus, he sent elders of the Jews to him, pleading to come and heal his servant. And when he came, they came to Jesus, they begged him earnestly, and Jesus went and healed the, the, the boy. How many things he did? 
just a glimpse of a few things in a very busy day of the Son of God. Did he need to engage with God? Did he need to? He wanted to. Why? To teach her. To teach us what? To teach us it cannot be any other way. If it is, if it is his way of his lifestyle, and he theoretically doesn't really need it, so much so would be our lifestyle because we are in dire need for it. How about us? I'm going to still use the Bible to give us our side of this thing, our side, okay? Uh, and it is the healing of the blind man and Bethsaida. Uh, they brought this blind person to the Lord to heal him. And then the first thing the Lord did was he took him by the hand and he took him out from the midst of this busy, crowded uh, 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 environment and took him out to have a one-on-one -on -one with him. Lord Jesus needed to, wanted to heal that man. And the man needed the healing. But Lord Jesus, to do that, he knew that this man needs work on the inside before the healing of the, the eyes. Healing of the eyes was the easiest part. Is, is a, is a, is a no-brainer. The Lord, as we, when we read the, the New Testament, especially the book of St. Luke and the Synoptic Gospels, we uh, learn about a lot of activities of healing sick people, including this one. So healing the eye wasn't a big deal at all. What was big deal is this person himself. He himself, he needed work from the inside. He needed direction. He needed to grow his faith, something very, very basic, very, very important. And this is what he needed the most. So in order to do that, Lord Jesus first took him by the hand, withdrew him out from the midst of all the crowd, and took him outside the village, one on one. Luckily, the man, we don't know his name, and maybe luckily us, we can trust the Lord, trust his hands, when he wants to grab us out of our busy environment, and take us to heal us and to give us the proper sight. Oh, that's better? You can't hear from there? Oh, okay. Okay, so I, I do. Maybe like this? Like that? Can you hear me now? Oh, can you hear? Can you hear? Oh, that's nice technology. Anyways, so. So the Lord, he took him by the hand outside first. Luckily, the man surrendered and obeyed. He trusted God. He knew he needed this. He knew he needs Jesus, first step. And therefore, he allowed him to take him outside of his busy, crowded, familiar, usual environment to have a one-on-one -on -one with him. He let him. I'm not going to start to talk about application for us. I hope we get the idea for ourselves as well, right? Because Lord Jesus, every single morning, 
He longs to do the same thing for me and for, for, for you. And that is, can we have a one-on-one? -on -one? Would you let me have a one-on-one -on -one with you? Because the outcome, because what's going to happen to you is huge if you allow. That's his promise. He's always on his promise, by the way. So, the man let, let him. And when he let him, what happened? He took him outside. When he let him, what happened? The Bible tells us that Lord Jesus spat and put the, the moist, the moist, rub the moist on the man's eyes, this blind man's eyes. So what's the idea, Lord? Well, the idea is I want you to start to get a feel of how I touch you. I want you to understand that you let me, you gave me the opportunity. I want you to feel my tenderness. I want you to get in awe and I want you to be uh, in anticipation of what's going to happen to you. How the rest is going to day, day, how the rest of the day is going to unfold. I want you to, I wet your eyes because you're, the man was physically blind to get your attention. I wanted to grab your attention. There's something unusual happened to you. So I'm rubbing, I'm rubbing my saliva, my wetness, moisture against your eyes because this is, I want your attention. I want you to see what's going to happen. And he started to touch his eyes. He touched his hands first and he touched his eyes. And then he said to him, what do you see? And the man started to get in action. He said, I see like fuzzy things. I see men walking like trees. I see kind of shadows. And Lord Jesus, touch him one more time. Lord Jesus is telling him, I'm patient. I'm with you. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere before you realize how important this one-on-one. -on -one. I'm not going anywhere. If you stay in the course, you will see. Unless you want to exit, that's a different thing. Unless you want to run away, that's a different thing. Unless you have more important things to rush onto, that's a different thing. But if you want to stay the course, you will see. Luckily, the man stayed the course. Luckily, he hang on with Jesus, with Lord Jesus. When he touched him the second time, when he touched him a second time, he said, what do you see? I, sorry, he touched him a second time and he, say, and he said to him, I want you to lift up your eyes to heaven. Look up. Look up. You know where else we hear this look up? In the feeding of the multitude, Lord Jesus, when he was praying with the five loaves of bread and the two fish, he looked up. And when, uh, before we, uh, in the liturgy, before uh, we take communion, uh, in Abuna's prayers, he said, and he looked up. He looked up. Look up is such a, a sanctified, is such a beautiful, special action. Look up. So when it comes, it, when it's uttered by, through the lips of Lord Jesus himself, when he tells someone, look up, he means what he says. He's giving him this direction, an order, and in the order, as the person obeys, will come power. The obedience of the Lord's orders, look up, will bring power. When we meet with the Lord Jesus, 
He does not want us to just experience another day. When we meet with Him, it will always, always, His mandate, His objective is look up. There's something new for you today. Look up. Hang on to me. Stay with my word. Stay with your quiet time. Don't leave until I give you that order. Look up. And when we look up, he said, what do you see? You see, I see everything clearly. The Bible says that. I see everything clearly. I see everything clearly. Is that not what I and you want to see every day? We want to see clearly. Honestly, don't we want to see clearly? Don't we want to go out of the house and we're clear, we're clear, we're clear, we're not fumbling, we're not, uh, we're not pulled down by anything, we're not confused, we are clear. As we do our driving, we're clear. As we chat with our children, we're clear. As I chat with my spouse, I'm clear. As I chat with my colleagues at work, I'm clear. As I go about doing my work, my projects, my, my work, whatever that, that is, I'm clear. As I deal with difficult people, I'm clear. As I write my reports, I'm clear. As I finish off the work of the day, I'm clear. Clear inside, clear outside. Because it's his promise. Luckily, this man stayed the course for us to learn to also stay the course. A few hints before you take off to work and during work that I'm hoping it is going to be some practical tips. Now that we are, we know that we want to clear, be see clearly and we know how, let's see what can the day bring our way and what our reaction now that we see clearly what our reaction will be. I'll give you some, some typical, typical uh, happenings that happens in, in, in my work day and your work day. Okay? And let's see if we are going to handle them clearly, more clearly. First is, as we set out to do the day, we want to be, be confident and understand that God, our God is an omnipresent guy, oh God. Omnipresent God means what? means he's here he is with me he is not going anywhere he is sure aware of everything he's aware from my uh, of, uh, of my emotions he's aware of what's awaiting me he's aware of what i said he's aware of what i'm going to say he's away i was aware of everybody i'm going to meet and so on and so forth he is an omnipresent god so we have to keep this before our eyes all the day let's give him the first part of the day Let's give them the first part of the day. And then we want to watch him in action, in us, in us, okay? Let's give God not only the time, let's give him attention. Let's pay attention to him. Let's consecrate for him an environment. Let's consecrate for him a time. It's important that we consecrate a time for him. I'll tell you a story, a true story that happened a long time ago. So a long time ago, I, um, 
like I'm a civil engineer by by profession, right? But like, and uh, one of the things I I, I went uh, during my studies, uh, I was interested in tunneling. You know, tunnels like like when you like highway and tunnels like tunnels. Uh, tunneling is a special a special kind of uh, engineering work because it involves the structure, but it involves the environment around the structure, the soil, the rock, the, the whatever the soil, and the interaction between both and how we maintain stability of such complex structures in these kinds of environments. So I was interested in that. I did studies in that field, whatever, and I always wanted to work in this field. I came to North America uh, school and then here to work. Uh, of course, people like myself, when we come here as immigrants, we don't pick and choose what we work on. We grab the job that is offered and we, we, we get on with our business because we have family. So I never get to practice to work, to spend experience in this tunneling business. It was a favorite, it was dear to my heart, but I didn't have a chance to really engage in it. Oh, it's okay, I did other things, okay? Until I worked at, at the, back then at the, in the TTC, the Toronto Transit Commission, I was doing consulting work in the engineering department. And at that time, there was a program, a program after that, sorry, it was a program, a new program called RTEP, Rapid Transit Expansion Program. This is about building the tunnels uh, what used to be the, the Shepherd Line, the Eglinton Line, the Spadina Extension Line, out of which only the Shepherd Line saw the light. Shepherd Line. The, the, you, if, if, you, if you know Toronto, the Shepherd Line, that was kind of the project. Anyways, but I was, I was at, at, having lunch downstairs, and uh, I'm working in typical engineering works, some stuff, but I never got engaged in this tunneling thing, or big new project, big program. I have nothing to do with it. But I wanted to find out more about it. So I, I was grabbing lunch downstairs. It was like a, a, a cafeteria type, you know, restaurant downstairs uh, in, in Toronto. So I grabbed lunch and then this big shot is from the RTEP, Rapid Transit Program, is, is grabbing little sandwiches too. So I just went to him and I said, Nick, uh, how are you? And so on, we, we speak on child A. And then I said to him, you know, I, I, I meant to really ask you for, if you have 15, 20 minutes, I just wanted to find out more about that thing uh, that I'm interested in. And if you can spare time, no problem. You know what was his answer? He says, I'm here, you're here. That's, I, you've, got, you've got my ears. So why am I telling this boring story? It is God, God is here. You, like me, ask for an opportunity to discuss something trivial as what I was searching for. And God is saying, I'm here, ask me anything. What do you want to talk about? Your feelings? Your day? Your annoying annoyance with your friends? Your difficulty at work? What do you want to talk about? I'm here. I'm all ears. You want to talk about one thing? You want to talk about many things? I'm here. Honestly. Honestly. That's what it is. So, the main thing is for us to really cherish that, treasure that. If we know the value of that, then we will endeavor to create the environment for it. And the environment is nothing but 
a quiet place to really talk to God and listen to maybe listen to God or talk to God. Of course, a, a key things that we want to grab with us, we want to be ready also because it's a good an opportunity. When I met with Nick, first thing is I grabbed my, my note, like I, I, I always carry a small block note here and a pencil or a pen, always. Okay? And I grab it and I, because I, I need to write those precious notes. He's going to give me some clues as to how to join this work. We want to have the same thing with God because he's going to pass on some useful key things that's going to help me not only in the day, in my life. I want to have my Bible on me. And there's one thing our church has, and I promise you, I promise you, if you try it, you're going to love it. You know the readings that we have every day in the liturgy? They are available to us every day in our uh, application, uh, Coptic reader. Let me make it simple for you, because it works. You know the five readings? Uh, if you want, if you want more. Okay, so you've got Vespers uh, Gospel, Matins Gospel, Pauline Epistle, Catholic Epistle, Praxis, Synexarium, skip the Synexarium, it's special stories. We, we want to talk to God. So, and then the gospel, the, the liturgy, the gospel of the liturgy. How many readings? There is no way, there is no way out of those readings, you're not going to find one that God crisply, crisply talking to you or to me specifically about things that he wants to pass on that day. It could, have, it could be something that is important for that specific day. I promise you, God is interested in your work. God is interested in your technical work. God is interested in your, in your projects. God is interested in your meetings. I promise you, it was one day I was struggling with something very, very difficult. Not, not only work, it was a lot of things. But I was really very, not a very good time of my life. And I was debating with struggling and praying to do or not to do. What something? To do or not to do? Something I had, me, the, 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 the poor human, I don't even know what the outcome of it would, would come out to be. I don't know. And I was just set my mind to do something. And I promise you. That day, I was reading God Calling. I don't know if you read God Calling. I love God Calling. I read it. But that day, I was the reading. And I remember the message was, at all costs, do not do it. At all costs, do not do it. And I said, is this what you're telling me, God? And I will go on it. I will go on your word. My heart is leaned towards something different. I want, I really want to help myself get rid of this thing. I'm gonna, I'm willing to just sacrifice and do whatever, which should have, would have been stupid thing. But anyways, very stupid. But it was, it was the path of least resistance for me. And I wanted to just get on and, 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 and do something. And the message came, at all costs, do not do it. And I said, I'll bank on your word. Forget about me. And I'm standing in front of you and I'm saying, God, for how many times now, including now, right now, now, right this second, I thank you. I thank you. And I mean it. I thank you. Because you're so faithful. 
the, my dirty laundry you're interested in. Even when I am going, I've been going against you, when time of need, when a time of need, you still remember me and you still will give me your message for the one reason, because out of your grace, I decided to give you that time. I wanted to give you the time. Mind you, back then, I was a bad me going to God as a last resort. And I'm asking you not to. God is not last resort. God is first stop. Prayer is first stop. Down on your knees, first stop. Trouble at work, get on your knees. Trouble with your children, get on your knees. Go to God first. It's never a waste of time. 10 minutes, 15 minutes, half an hour, whatever it is, it's never a waste. I promise you. It's the one thing that's sure to work. Trust my word on it. Because I tried without it. And out of his grace, I tried with it. And I know the difference. And I don't want you to try without it. So go to God first thing in the morning. A time of trouble, go to God first. God is available. Tell him anything and everything, ranging from your feelings all the way to your technical problem with your computer, whatever the, the in-between. Go to him. He's interested, always interested. Some things that happen at work that we need direction, and some of them are kind of big stuff. For example, we go about doing our daily things, and we get entangled in the detail. Let's hear God telling me and telling you, okay, detail is okay, but don't lose sight over the big picture, the big plan, my plan for you. That, that keep before your eyes all the time, and we do forget that. Unfortunately, we get entangled in the detail and the days go by and we haven't achieved much. God is saying, I have a plan for you. Keep your eyes, keep your mind on the plan, and then the detail is the detail. One thing is also, we say, okay, some people, especially at work, we don't prefer to deal with. Like, really, we want to avoid at all costs. We want to avoid. We don't want anything to do with them at work. Many, many situations like that. And over your careers, I promise you, you're going to come across these examples. When it comes to that, God is going to say to me and to you, part of why I'm setting you out is to deal with these people. Dealing with these people is something I want you to do. Trust me on dealing with these people, and I'll show you how. Deal with them. Don't just take the, the, the easy path of avoiding them, kid of us. I want you to work with everyone, God will say. Sometimes, when it comes to decisions, when it comes to uh, surprise at work, we lose our heart, or we get frightened, and we get scared. That time, let's hear God again saying, calm, calm down, don't lose your peace, calm down. We need to see him, we need to hear him as he's calming us down, he does. He says, calm down. If you react when you're afraid, if you react when you're, when you're, when you're in anxiety like this, 
is bound to go wrong. Calm down. He does tell us that. Because he knows. If only we listen to him. I promise you. Keep your peace. Sometimes we look over our shoulder and we look at the, this, this uh, person at work or that person at work and we say, okay, how come they get better treatment? How come they get a raise? How come they get this and how come they get this? I never get this, I never get that. Happens. Happens to us, right? Let's hear God saying to us, I didn't send you to this workplace for that. You're not here for that. You're here for way more than that. Keep, keep your eyes on the big prize. Work is an opportunity to work your own eternity through the work that you have to do and you have to do diligently, you have to do honestly, and through the people that you're going to encounter, and through every interaction you're going to have with the people. Keep that. And the rest is going to unfold. The rest is going to fall in place. If you, I want you to get a raise, you will get a raise despite anything. And every time you get a good raise, I promise you, it is not going to be the, something that you fought for. Something that you fought for is going, always going to be nickels and dimes. Always. If you fight for it, it's nickels and dimes. Good luck. The big stuff that really is big stuff, especially in, the, in your career, something that's coming out of God himself. Because we trusted that if we do it his way, if we are here because of him, then that part of reward, financial, or praise, or pat on the shoulder, whatever it is, is going to come in the right time for the right purpose. But let this not be the motivator. Makes us different people, as we sons and daughters of God at work. Makes us feel way, way different. Don't be influenced by what's happening at work. I want you to influence. Influence. You create the influence. You do not get affected by the influence. You're above the circumstances. Because you have a God who is taking care of you. You come here to this workplace, you're working for me. You are working for me. You're not working for them. And if you do, then you're going to do things my way, which is always the pure and honest and diligent and faithful way. And watch the outcome is going to unfold, is going to come. Put your hands, put yourself in my hands and watch. God is saying, put your day in my hands and watch. I hope this is not theoretical. I hope. I pray this is not just knowledge. I pray that we all will pray for it to be truth for us starting tomorrow. And we'll see how things are going to be different. May the glory be to God forever and ever. Amen. Uh, we'll open up for questions. Sure. Give me a second. Go to Adam, too. Um, so you were, uh, you were saying that we have to give God, or we ought to give God, the time in the morning. 
Good question, Azuma. So, we spend time with God throughout the day. Remember we said, I, I encounter this, I go to God. I encounter this, I go to God. But, the most important encounter is the morning. It doesn't have to be an hour. Maybe it cannot be an hour. It was never an hour for me. An hour is like not available. 10 minutes, 15 minutes, if you can 20, that's, that's, that would be great. But let it be with focus, like a dedication. Dedicate the environment, dedicate the time, dedicate the environment. And be ready to, 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 to interact with God, to engage with God. Be ready. And I gave an example of something that's very useful that our church puts uh, right at our disposal, the five readings. We don't have to do the five readings. If you want, God will send you. You read the, the Gospel of the Vespers, and all of a sudden, God's speaking to you right away about something that is immediate, you're, you're going through, or something directional, meaning uh, God is saying something, say, I always was thinking about this. Is this is this, is this what you mean, Lord? And you start to, to meditate on it, to, and it, 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 it can bring, uh, it can bring peace, it can bring comfort, it can uh, get you to, to praise God and sing, uh, it can be an enlightenment, it could be knowledge, or it could be an immediate need, it could be a range of things. Let God send his own message, his own way, his own time. You have the, the Vespers, Gospel, which is always short. Matin Gospel, always short. Uh, the, the, the Liturgy Gospel, but then you've got the Pauline Epistle, the Catholic Epistle, the Praxis Reading, and so on. It's a, it's a wealth of things, and a combination of, of course, the Psalm that goes with each one of them. One would do, two, maybe. Did that answer your question? Yeah, I think so.
able to get your iPhone out and tell me the time on your uh, <laughs> screen time. I wouldn't do it myself. <laughs>